1: no purchase necessary. VGW Group. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
0: This is Julio Rodriguez and this is the Lookout Landing Podcast. Welcome back to the Lookout Landing Podcast, the podcast that you're listening to, but you already knew that. My name is Matthew Robertson. You can find me on Twitter at mroberson22. And today I am back for another brand spanking new episode of our Why I'm a Mariners fan series. And I'm joined by a very exciting guest. Uh, it is a culture critic at the week. Read her work at theweek.com uh also a backpacker and most importantly a fan of your Seattle Mariners the one and only Jiva Lang what's up Jiva
1: Hi I'm so excited to be here
0: Yeah thanks for coming on the show we appreciate you doing it um I guess I mean the real th- essence of all of this is just trying to figure out how people approach this one thing that is sort of a constant in all of our lives like it's funny how the Mariners are just there, and then we have this sort of orbit of people who consume them in, uh, in a bunch of different ways. Do you ever think about how you actually approach the Mariners? Do you ever get meta with it like that?
1: Yeah, well, I'm kind of like a telecommute Mariners fan. I live in New York City, um, so I'm not actually, like, in Seattle to get to be a fan, and I didn't become a Mariners fan until after I had left Seattle. So I actually feel, like, very deta-like- I'm both like avidly a part of the fandom, but also like very detached from it, so um, I was so excited when you asked me on because I was like, oh me? I'm an imposter. (laughs) Like, um, I'm so um, like both new kind of to the team, but also I'm kind of like just doing my own thing out here like via Twitter and reading blogs and stuff.
0: That's perfect. I mean, we're definitely trying to get as many perspectives as possible, too. But we have had guests in the past who had a similar experience to you where they grow up here and then they leave and they have to sort of consume the Mariners through this whole new lens. Um, where did you grow up?
1: so i grew up on the east side i was like born and raised in kirkland um lived there for all of my schooling and then went away for college i went to vermont for college um and that's when i got into the mariners but like growing up like my brother played um like t-ball and i would go to like his t-ball games and like we went to the kingdom um and i have like memories from like being in the kingdom that's where i learned like what nosebleed seats were like my only memory of the kingdom is like being there with my parents and like going up forever and just being like we were like the last like literally the last row and my parents were like these are the nosebleed seats and I was like wow and I was like six and then that's like all I remember um I like went away for college and then got super into baseball out here um and that's been kind of like I've only been to safe proper like a couple of times just because of like the distance um, I mostly see the Mariners at Yankee Stadium
0: interesting okay yeah I was gonna ask you about that actually so I guess we can just uh jump to it now like what is because I've only done the visiting fan experience one time and it was in Anaheim um, I went to school in Southern California so that was like the only opportunity to really go see the Mariners and it's just like I it wasn't like a remarkable experience at all I mean I was somewhat drunk. I know that Mike Trout hit a home run, but like it was also really forgettable just because the Angel Stadium is like very blah. It's like kind of like the the like Safeway brand sort of stadium. Nothing really to report on. But I'm wondering like in a big city obviously like New York, but also with I guess the mystique of the Yankees and Yankee Stadium and then you being there supporting what I imagine Yankee fans think of, like, the little old Mariners, like, the complete, like, non-threat Mariners. So what is that feeling like when you're there in sort of the enemy's den?
1: Yeah, totally. Well, it's kind of a weird thing to begin with, because every year before the season starts, I, like, figure out when the Mariners are coming to town. And I get all excited, and it's always, like, a horrible time of year, like May or something, when it's going to still be really cold. And then... Like, I block out the entire, like, four days that they're gonna be here, or whatever, so I can, like, go to every single game after work, because it's the only (laughs) time I'm gonna see the Mariners this year. Um, so I kind of do, like, the, like, binge Mariners game attending, like, I just, I, last year I think I went to, like, all four, and, like, I basically just try to go to as many as I can, like, pull off without, like, dying. I work really early in the morning, um, so just get no sleep during the whole time. And then, yeah, like you were saying, like, you're sitting there surrounded by Yankees fans who are, like, the worst, and Yankee Stadium is the worst. Um, I'm a vegetarian, and in the upper decks, like, where I sit, they, like, own, like, the only options are, like, popcorn or something to eat. So it's just, like, and I go there straight after work, so it's, like, you're just, like, eating popcorn and drinking beer and just, like, yeah, this is so exciting. I'm seeing the Mariners for, like, my one time this year.
0: Um, Yeah, spending like $500 on the night, I imagine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, No, but they're coming to Citi Field this year, which I am so excited about. I live in Queens, um, and Citi Field is just such a better park than Yankee Stadium. So I'm very excited that I'll get them out here twice.
0: Wow, yeah, congrats to you. And I guess you would get to see Cano and Edwin Diaz, too, kind of like do a whole time travel sort of thing almost. Because I guess you were probably there in new york originally when cano was a yankee and then you hear the news that he gets traded to the mariners is that true were you in new york for that original trade
1: yes i was um and then obviously being out here for paxton coming out which was super weird i remember um like fairly shortly after he was traded like walking by the yankees team store and seeing like his name on the pinstripes and just being like oh this is too weird like I don't have a Paxton jersey, but I really wish I did just so I could wear it to, like, every Yankees game I go to.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think that's your duty at this point, is to remind them that we had him first. It's the classic hipster fandom thing where it's like, we knew him when he was allowed to have a beard before your fascist facial hair policy took over. And I think he still had a little more joy in his heart. I feel like the Yankee experience, from what I can imagine, especially if you're, like, kind of one of these, like, anti-establishment, like non-corporate baseball players like what i imagine james paxton is i feel like that news was kind of a bummer for him and you, you can kind of see it in his eyes i mean he already had the really sad eyes but i don't think being in the pinstripes helped them at all
1: no it didn't yeah
0: <laughs> okay so actually i want to go back for a second uh because you mentioned the kingdom, and i'm curious uh growing up in that era like what did you i guess think that the mariners were. Like I know they they have some good years in there I'm guessing, but at that point is it like are you just in it as like a hobby, like something your parents got you into, or like a thing to do with your family? Or was it like you were introduced and you were like a rabid fan straight from the jump?
1: Total opposite. So I don't even think my parents really watch baseball. Um so like growing up the only reason we were around baseball, like I was saying, was my little brother played T ball and like when you have like a five year old playing T ball, you like take them to the games and it like, you know like, run the bases and do all that, like, little league stuff. So we would, like, kind of go along when he was playing. And then when he got to, like, coach pitching or whatever they call it, um, he, like, hated it, immediately dropped out. And then that was, like, the end of baseball for me for, like, 20 years. Um, My, like, I was really into the Sounders and, like, the Seahawks because, like, I was in high school when they were both, like, good, um, so I think there's just, like, that, like, bandwagoning, everybody around you is super excited about, like, our teams being good. Um, my parents both liked basketball, so, like, I was there for the whole being sad about the Sonics thing and, like, all of that was going on, but, like, I wasn't really going to baseball games. I don't think I went to Safeco until I was in college, um, but then... Like, I said, like, I went to college, and then I got super interested in, like, reconnecting to Seattle in some way. Um, my boyfriend was really into baseball, and so I sort of got into it, like, through him. Um, and he's an Oakland A's fan, which... Oh, no! I know, yeah. Um, there's a lot of conflict in our household because of it. Um, but no, he... Like, he was an Oakland A's fan, and I was like, oh, well, I'm not going to, like, root for the A's, I'm going to root for the Mariners, and that's when I started to really get into the team. So, like, it's pretty, like, in the past, like, eight years new to me, um, so I like to, like, think of myself as being, like, like, a seven-year-old baseball fan where I'm still, like, really optimistic and haven't, like, totally been crushed by, like, you know, 27 years of Mariners baseball. I only have, like, really followed about eight years of Mariners baseball, so... Um, I still, like, have a lot of, like, hope and excitement about the team, even though there's not a lot to be hopeful or excited about right now.
0: Yeah, well, I was gonna say, I feel like maybe coming in late, especially when the Mariners have, like, like I said, are never really a threat, like, I feel like that would be kind of liberating, right? You don't have to live and die with every result. You can kind of just consume the team like you would television or music, I imagine, instead of, you know, if you're, like an ace fan like your boyfriend I guess you have to worry about like are they gonna make the playoffs then when they get there like stressing over them actually being in the playoffs whereas we get to just sort of watch baseball
1: yeah exactly I think that is like a difference between um, like his brothers are Dodgers fans you know and like seeing them get so close all the time and like not quite getting there you know I think is just like agonizing And, like, it's very freeing to not have to go through that, like, crushing despair, like, just never getting that far. Um, but no, it's, it's been really fun. I think, um, like, the next couple years are going to be pretty interesting just because I've never really been through, like, a rebuild like this before, I guess. Um, like, the team's been pretty fun for the, well, sort of, for the past middle part of while i've been a fan so
0: yeah i guess fun is kind of a relative term too because like the fun i agree with you i thought the man like the whole canoe era i guess if you want to frame it like that was very fun but then it also for some people is kind of just a reminder of what they didn't accomplish which is also just like a very mariner's approach to it you know like thinking about everything that went wrong instead of the five years of robinson cano we got to, to watch
1: oh totally no my dad is has lived in seattle his whole life um and like always will like ask me every year he'll be like so like you're still watching the Mariners? <laughs> it's like you're still putting in that time and it's like no no i'm really like i really like it even though like not a whole lot of not a whole lot to be excited about
0: Oh, my family is exactly the same way. I mean, they know that I, like, do this, but they were, I think, a little, uh, I guess, surprised with, like, the fervor of it. Like, they didn't realize that I was, like, still supporting the Mariners to the same extent that I did as a child but now I've just like become more aware of how baseball works so it's like the passion is there plus like actually liking baseball and like understanding new things about it so it's just brought like this whole other layer that I don't think my family really understood like when I start talking about like the fifth guy out of the bullpen or like the little I know about the minor leagues they're like whoa 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 slow down like you're you're way ahead of us here buddy
1: yeah exactly (laughs)
0: Um. So I guess that led me to another thought that I had, which is like, because you don't work in sports, obviously, but I'm sure you have these conversations about sports at large or the Mariners in particular. And I imagine if you're talking to another, if you're talking to a non-sports person, that they would probably have a little bit of confusion about you being this into the Mariners, right? Like, I guess it's probably easier if you're like, Oh, I'm a Lakers fan or a Dallas Cowboys fan people get that but with the Mariners I feel like a lot of people would be pretty surprised am I right
1: no totally I was actually um, having a conversation with um, an editor in the kitchen at my office today and he was like so who are you gonna root for this year and I was like well I'm still gonna root for the Mariners (laughs) Like, (laughs) they're still there yeah, no, there's definitely that kind of, like, you tell somebody you're a Mariners fan and you just see them, like, instantly. It's like telling somebody, you know, you have a terminal illness or something. They're just, like, the blood drains from their face. And they're like, oh, like, I'm sorry. Um, no, but, I mean, yeah, it's it's pretty fun.
0: Um, like, So for the people who know who the Mariners are and they know how bad they are, does it ever, like, it? does it invite more sympathy or more of them like sports bullying you like haha your team is so bad that must suck i hope that some people are compassionate but i just also know how sports fandom works especially men who will like use that opportunity to kind of shit on you so i'm wondering if you had which of those experiences you kind of relate to the most
1: people are pretty um not just outright mean about it i think part of it is that every fandom like, if you're a fan of a sports team, you've, like, been through that period of, like, your team being bad. Like, every team has those highs and lows, and we've just had, like, a low for a long time. Um, so, I think there's a little bit of, like, that, like, you'll get through it, but, um, like, th- like through gritted teeth, you know? Um, yeah. Nobody nobody wants to be here, <laughs> um, and it's, like, PTSD. Like, you remember, like, what it's been like for you. Um...
0: But so many people don't even know what it's like or have really any clue. Like, most teams will just get lucky and have at least one playoff appearance. And then some teams obviously have, like, sustained success. But then they hear about the Mariners or they, like, know about the Mariners, follow them to some capacity. And they're like, oh, it's just misery over there. Like, how are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, I get why people sort of keep the Mariners at arm's length. Like, people who are sports fans but don't want to invite that much Mariners into their life. Like, I totally understand that.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I think a lot of times I turn to talking about the way that I think it's really, like, a really healthy thing to be sad about, like, one of the things I really like about baseball is, like, caring so deeply about something that's not, like, Um, you know, like, children in cages at the border, or, like, something like, so life and death, like, it's nice to be able to, like, be miserable about something that, like, at the end of the day isn't, like, Australian wildfires or, like, all the other things I'm miserable about. Um,
0: Yeah, sadness without real consequences. Yeah,
1: exactly. So, like, in a lot of ways it's, like, a very good suffering, um, and, like, who doesn't like to wallow a little bit? Um it's kind of fun oh, being a part of the
0: choir. Everyone yeah. listening to this just nodded along yeah. in solidarity.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um it's almost like bragging rights at this point. Like like you feel bad like I I get it. So
0: Yeah. Well, I think about that a lot in reference to like the original season ticket holders who were there in the 70s and are still going to so many games and like sat through the kingdom when there was 50 people there and now are kind of in that period again where it's like we're waiting for another reset. Like that must just be so grating, I would imagine. And these people are brave. I think they're they're true heroes of, of Seattle, all the people who are riding and dying with the Mariners through 45 years now, I guess, of pretty abject failure. <laughs>
1: um, and that's part of why I like was like making the analogy about like being a kid is like, you know, I only have like this eight years of like really deeply caring. Um, which is nothing compared to, like, all, all my other, you know, all the other people in the stadium. Um, there's so many people who have, like, really deeply cared for, you know, that times so many, so.
0: Oh, 100%. Yeah, it is. I mean, sports, like, when I start to think about, like, the concept of sports for too long, I kind of get a little, like, woozy, you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of things that, like, I'm not totally comfortable with, but also, like, like you said, I mean, it's the complete sort of detachment from reality in a lot of ways. Like, obviously, all the players are real. There's real stakes on the line. But it's not, like you said, the same thing as a whole country burning down or something like that. But also, the question that that sort of invites is, for some people, I think we've seen this in recent years where they think, like, oh, my God, I cannot imagine caring about sports right now with all these other worldly events that are happening. And I'm not here to, like, tell anyone how to be a fan. That's sort of another one of the thesis of this podcast is like we're all just talking there's no real like grand conclusion but like i'm sure you might have encountered this um in your life also the people who have sort of cast aside anything that they think is frivolous to just like yell at the president on twitter all day um what are your like do you see that what are your thoughts on that because you said you, you you normally do the opposite so i'm wondering um how you approach the people who are just not able to relate to you there
1: So I'm going to rewind a little bit. Before I was the culture critic um, at the week, I was a staff writer and I mainly wrote about politics. And this, I got my job in 2015 and became the culture critic in uh, 2018. So that was like the entire election of President Trump. Um, The whole midterm election, like my life has just been like politics and mass shootings abroad and like ever like everything. And it was like every day in and out for, you know, eight hours a day. That was like what I was steeped in, what I was writing about. Um, and it was like all this stuff that like I couldn't, I had no control over. There was nothing I could do with it. Like I was writing and it was my work, but also like that stuff is heavy and you like, there's not really a good way to you know, you can run or, um, you know, go to yoga or meditate, but, like, you carry that stuff around with you, and I think that, like, we have to get attached to something and care about something really deeply, and just being the person that I am, like, I have to, like, just dig into that stuff, and so instead of, like, finding a way to release it, what worked for me was, like, finding something else to get really obsessed over and deeply care about and read about all the time, um, that, like, didn't have the same, like, 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 anxious energy. And, you know, like, there's highs and there's lows and disappointment and excitement and, like, all the same things as anything else in the world, but kind of in this, like, own little simulated, like, space. Um, and it's not that there's not, like, there's certainly things that have consequences in baseball. I don't mean to say that there aren't. I think, and that's one of the things that, um, like, I sometimes write about and just, um, everything from, like, domestic violence to, like, LGBT players and everything else, like, a lot of that is, like, a, on a small scale, these, like, much larger issues in the world. And so, like, it's not, like, baseball isn't political, um, and I in no way mean to suggest that, but it's something that, like, has, um, I mean, like, saying an escape is, like, really cliche and cheesy, but, like, that's also what it is. Like, it's a space to be able to feel all those things, like, freely without, um, (laughs) like, feeling too bad about them, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, we're on the same page here. All the things you mentioned as, like, escapes, like, I think you said running, yoga, and meditation. I also have tried all of those things. And all they do for me is just, like, because they say, like, the point is to, like, take your mind off of things. Like, you're just think about nothing. But when I don't have, like, those other distractions and I'm just, like, it's just me and my thoughts, that's when I do start thinking about all the badness so like i'll be sitting there trying to meditate trying to like literally not have a single thought and it just goes to like the worst possible place both about the mariners and the real world so that didn't really help for me either like i need to be just like when things get like weird in my head i just need to be like okay time to watch three episodes of Shits creek or something like that like i don't i don't want to just sit and like think too hard about the world and that's what the mariners are for too because the beauty of it i think for me and probably for you also but three hours ahead is like you can just fall asleep to it every night you can just have the mariners on as that like kind of cold comfort of like my day is over i'm gonna wind down with the mariners and i'm gonna watch them lose five to one or whatever and it's gonna be fine and then i'll do it again tomorrow but it won't be as bad as other things that are happening to other people that i care about
1: exactly um that, I, you just saying falling asleep to the mirror got me thinking about the fact that, yes, that is another part of being an East Coast fan, is baseball is on such a bad schedule out here. All of our games start so late, um, and I am becoming increasingly a, like, early bird opposite of night owls so, like, it's gotten, like, this past year in particular, it was so hard to stay up for games. I was like, I've got to watch, but I'm so tired
0: yeah I used to when I I was a pizza delivery guy for a little bit and so I would work nights and I used to try to record games and then wake up in the morning early to watch them and that just didn't have the same feeling at all like even if I had avoided all spoilers and had no idea if the Mariners won or not still watching it the morning after just felt wrong somehow like there is I think that live element of sports is one of the sort of the magical things about it if we can get really cheesy like knowing that everyone is watching the same thing as you at the same time and that's why i love twitter for sports too because it's just everyone talking about i mean for certain events you know it's everyone talking about the same things and you can feel like a part of something bigger than yourself which i know is kind of a crazy thing to say about the stupid bird app that we all use but it's the truth
1: no no i mean i think that's like a huge part of why like the team is so important to me. Is that like I'm able to be a part of that community from so far away? Um, no, I had a boss though who did that. Who would record sports events and then like watch them when he exercised in the morning, and like especially during the playoffs and stuff. Like, there's been mornings where I've been work. Like I'll start work at like five forty-five in the morning or whatever. So like if the game's ending at like one in the morning or whatever, that's like not very much sleep. <laughs> um, at all but like i can't i can't not know what happens like how can you not know what happens i don't understand those people
0: exactly and that's the hardest part about knowing that it's going on and like avoiding your phone because even if you're like doing other things it can just happen to you now like people you can just get notified both by your phone i guess or real people and then it's like well that was that defeats the whole purpose of me waiting i should have just watched it in real time i've had that experience so many times with trying to watch sports later and it never ever goes the way i hope it will
1: yeah yeah no the twitter connection to sports is really really great in a lot of ways again like that's like like 85 percent of how i became a fan and how i'm still a fan um but i'm trying to be better about not being on my phone all the time like one of the things I started doing the past few years is like keeping score at games just so like i like couldn't look at my phone during the game because yeah. like whenever anything happens I want to react to it like with everybody um and I have to like remember like no you're like at the game right now like watch the game
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. I I do the same thing a lot. I mean, I don't keep score when I'm at the game very much because usually I'm with like a group or someone or something that I that I need to be a little more present. But if I'm watching a game at home sometimes, especially if I have to recap it for the site, I'll keep score because it keeps me way more plugged into the game than if I'm like half watching it or I like I've had games too Sorry to pull back the curtain for all of our loyal readers where I'm like literally asleep during the middle of it Like I'll be watching on my couch fall asleep and then wake up in like the fifth inning and be like, oh, okay I'll just write about the last four innings and then if I'm keeping score, it's that exact thing of like a I'm more interested but also like I will notice things that I don't normally notice and that's like not a huge revelation obviously but it's the little things about like actually sort of grounding yourself in just the game and your pencil and paper that is really I think a really effective tool for people who have like started to notice their attention span start to decrease or whatever because I do the I'm pretty particular about my scorecard I like to have the one that will have the little boxes for the count so I can track every single pitch Um, and that yeah and that keeps me like glued to the TV and also like I'm looking at pitch selection and like where the catcher is setting up and like really hanging on every single pitch. Um, yeah. So I totally understand doing that as a way to like avoid just the sort of the boredom that will naturally happen watching the Mariners lose every night.
1: Yeah. And you're right though. It's not very social. Like that's another part of being, um, a Mariners fan in New York city is you're not at games with anybody. Um, Wednesday and you're there at Yankee stadium by yourself. So
0: I do like a sporting event by myself, though. I've definitely done that. I mean, really, I just like a lot of things by myself, like concerts, movies. I'll do that solo, too. But for sporting events, you start to notice how crazy people act. Like, people really just forget how to act when they're at sporting events, Like, especially if they have any drop of alcohol. Like, you can have a person who, like, drinks but if they have one beer at a sporting event somehow that's like 5 beers anywhere else you know what i mean and that always blows my mind
1: yeah that math is correct
0: <laughs> thank you i've i've developed a system to to prove this uh, it'll be coming out soon um so on the online thing has do you feel like Mariners twitter has radicalized you at all for lack of a better term like do you sort of adopt any sort of hive mindedness or is it more like you're using it as a reference to like bounce your thoughts and opinions off other people because I would imagine I mean the big underlying one is like there's a lot of negativity out there which is natural for this franchise so I'm wondering if if you see that if that has sort of seeped into your brain or if you're able to sort of use the use Twitter as a tool rather than like a, a guide.
1: That's a good question. I like both are true. Um, I think mostly it's been like, my, the best example I can think of is, um, a couple years ago, and I'm pretty sure it was Lookout Landing behind this, but I'm not sure who it was in particular, where there was, like, the, like, miles for runners in scoring position, like, where you would run for, like, how many, yeah, yeah. yeah. um, and, like, I got super into that, like, I'm a runner, and it was, like, a really fun excuse to, like, like, run, and then also, like, be connected to this community of, like, like also sad people um in like a really good way like (laughs) i think that's just like all of mariner's fandom is like being sad but in a good way
0: yeah a fresh take on sadness it's all good i do want to shout out uh, my friend isabel manassian who is the pioneer of miles for runners in scoring position Um, i'm glad that that had an influence all the way across the country it's great to see
1: There's also some things that like I've been out of step with. Like, okay, the Trident hat curse. Like, I love the Trident hats. I understand that they've been like like bad juju or whatever. Um, but like that's been something where it's been like there's been a lot of like negativity about the Trident hats, the spring training hats. Um, and that's one that I'm like sticking to my guns with. Like, those hats are great.
0: I like the Trident in, too. Let's actually, if you want it, we can just talk uniforms real quick, because that's something that's pretty near and dear to my heart. Um, I think that watching one team for so long, especially the Mariners, who haven't really made sweeping changes in a while, you start to become numb to the jerseys. But I think the Mariners in general have a good look, but the, the plain white home uniforms, I think, are long overdue for a reboot. Do you have any opinions on this?
1: I am a big fan of like the very bold Seattle colors. Like I love the like Mariner's teal. I actually liked that like um they're like old, like beigey yellowy ones too, that like buttery looking one. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I like the like blue-yellow contrast a lot on um, that like kind of vintage look. And then I also really like like the other teams like rave greens, like I like those really obnoxious combinations. Um but like so many teams now do just like the like, you know, like the whites or the beiges.
0: It's so boring. And that's why I think that if the Mariners, I mean, the Mariners would be the obvious candidate to sort of dive into that neon green um, territory. But I think like the institution of baseball is probably holding them back a little bit because I mean, like when the Diamondbacks changed their jerseys a couple of years ago, like all they did was just wear all gray and like add a little splash of color. People were like, this is the worst thing we've ever seen in our entire life. And it like really wasn't that drastic of a change. Like you're already wearing gray in half the games. They just made it darker. I'm with you though on the teal. I think the teal is like, it's truly the only thing aesthetically that makes the Mariners unique. And I think they should lean into it even more.
1: In fact, that's part of why I'm like, I mean, I'm sad about T-Mobile stadium a lot but like also the bright pink looks so weird to me next to like the mariners colors it's just like the weirdest clash it's like no you've got to do like your greens that's why Safeco coat was good um i know they have no control over that but um the teal doesn't go as well with their new pink thing
0: yeah, me and you are going to have to start a company and then buy the team and then have our colors play perfectly with their jerseys. That's the only solution. Yeah, only solution.
1: yeah no, I really wanted, like, Ivar's or something to sponsor the new park. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but with the the home jerseys, because those are the ones that I probably see the most, both from just, like, watching them and also being at the stadium, like, when I'm in person looking at them. And if you're far away, like you talked about, if you're in the nosebleeds or in the upper deck, which I always am if I'm at the game, they don't look any different from, like, the Rays or the Padres or any other team that just has the white and blue color scheme. That's why I think, at the very least, they should wear the teal brimmed hats that they only wear with the teal jerseys, they should wear those more often with just the regular whites just to spice things up a little bit.
1: Yeah, no, that blue is such a cool color, um, which is also, like, part of why I like that trident hat is because it's got that.
0: Yeah, and I also, I just am, there's no such thing as curses. I'm sorry to the people that that's gonna, that's gonna offend, but, like, the Mariners wearing a certain style of hat has no correlation at all with what they do on the field, especially because, like, with sports things change so quickly like these are not the same players who were around for any of the Mariners of the 70s or 80s who like maybe cursed of the team so I'm with I think the from a look standpoint it's great So I think we should be embracing it and if you think it's cursed I guess that's your prerogative but you also just don't have to buy it you know what I mean like you can just avoid it
1: yeah no the funny thing is I'm like a super superstitious person too that's just like the one thing I reject because I like the hat so much um, I
0: get it. I totally get it. Sports make you do irrational things.
1: <laughs> but so much of that vintage, um, the Mariners have such great vintage, like uniforms and like things to pull from. Um, I feel like there's a lot they get to work with. They're kind of lucky that they had great like graphic design in the '70s or whatever. Um,
0: totally. I think that's the root of my frustration is that they just could be doing a lot, a lot more.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I was actually watching like that. Um, the, like, Netflix Ted Bundy documentary, and he appears in court at one point. It's 78. The team's been around for, like, a year, I guess. So, like, mm-hmm. and he ha- he's, like, wearing a Seattle Mariners baseball club shirt, and it's in this, like, really cool font. And I was like, wow, like, I love that shirt. And I was like, well, I can't love the shirt. It's, like, on Ted Bundy. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, maybe this Ted Bundy guy actually had some good ideas.
1: <laughs> you said it, not me.
0: I wanted to ask you about like, if your critic brain ever affects sports consumption. Like, I'm kind of picturing, like, you're watching the Mariners, you know, it's towards the end of a season or maybe the middle of a season, and you're like, oh, wow, this could really use, like, a twist or something. You're like, oh, the character development here has been very stagnant. Like, someone needs to have a heel turn. Does that ever happen, or am I just projecting on you there?
1: That's a really good question. Um, I do think that I... It's maybe not so much the critic brain, but, like, the arts consumption brain where, like, I'm really interested in, like, narrative and, like, people's storylines and, like, character development and all of those sorts of things, Um, which is part of, like, why I think I'm really attracted to, like, the human parts of baseball. Like, I'm still getting, like, better at stats and, like, understanding baseball, like, analytically, Um, but, like, I've always really loved, like, those storylines, um, and so that's something that I pay a lot of attention to, um, like, like, looking at a series as, like, a story, um, rather than, like, just a series, I think, is one part of it.
0: Um, I never even thought about that. That's interesting. Like a trilogy sort of thing, like first, second, and third. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think baseball
1: has, like, a lot of similarities with, like, film. Like, they're both, um, like, told over, like, I mean, this is, like, a stupid thing to say, but like they're both told over this period of time, like it develops like there's the like person versus person like kind of general setup the way there isn't in like a like a like a goal sport like soccer or something where like everybody is like running around there's like that person versus person aspect to it that's like really interesting um there's just like a lot more I think there to be read as like story than there is in like a lot of other sports I like a lot of other sports too but baseball is just the best one because of that
0: no I get it I remember having a baseball coach who would like use this as a motivational tactic and say like yeah you know we're all in this together this is a team sport but at the end of the day like baseball is kind of an individual sport disguised as a team sport because at its essence it's batter versus pitcher like a one-on-one matchup like you said so you have to convince yourself that you're the better person in that matchup while also somehow not sabotaging your team it is kind of like a weird sort of mental gymnastics thing about baseball especially when you realize how good players can be without actually affecting team success like a mike trout situation where he's just unbelievable but his team sucks and you're like oh maybe because in basketball or like another sport like that One player can at least, like, drag your team to the eighth seed or whatever. But in baseball, you really, like, you can win that matchup every time. But if you're losing the eight eight other hitter versus pitcher matchups, you're not going to do shit. So that is, I think you're totally spot on there.
1: That dynamic, like, loans itself so well to, like, narrative storytelling. And that's, like, where my critic brain, like, becomes a part of it is just, like, oh, like, this is really interesting how these two people are going to interact now or how this team is going to interact in this situation.
0: Do you have any specific, like, favorite Mariner stories that don't have to do with baseball? Like, in recent years, has there been a player that you latched onto because of their backstory, or was there, like, one off-the-field thing you started following uh, really closely?
1: This is kind of a weird story. Austin Nola. I've got an Austin Nola story, um, which is that my... Hell yeah,
0: it's about time.
1: <laughs> yeah, so my grandfather is Vincent Nola, Um, He's from the Nola family in Sicily, and he got really, really into the Phillies because of Aaron Nola, right? Because he's convinced that he's related to Aaron Nola. And like...
0: Naturally, yeah.
1: Yeah. So like, number one, I cannot have a grandfather who roots for a Philadelphia team. Like, unacceptable. (laughs) Um number two like he is not related to Aaron Nola that is ridiculous like there's tons of Nolas in the world that does not mean that they're related but this has been like a whole thing going on where he's like no no like Aaron Nola and I are definitely related and everybody's like n- like kind of humoring him but also like whispering to each other like there's a- like this is ridiculous it's like y- like how many Italians have last name Nola probably a lot of them um so my grandfather wrote a letter to Aaron Nola's father, which, like, I don't even know how he found the address, um, saying, like, I'm, like, your long-lost relative, like, we're from the same town in Sicily, we, ha- have the same last name, and Aaron Nolan's father invited my grandfather to their family reunion because it turns out they are related. <laughs> um, so, like, now I'm a really big Austin Nola fan, because of my grandfather, but also I want my grandfather to be a Mariner's <sighs> fan instead. Um, wow. Yeah.
0: So If your grandpa is related to Aaron Nola, even if it's super distant, wouldn't that mean that also you are related to Aaron Nola, which means that you are also related to Austin Nola? Does that follow?
1: <laughs> I should have clarified from the beginning. This is actually my step-grandfather. So, like, he's not biologically related to me yeah no i'm not italian but like i do have this like several degrees of separation from both austin and Aaron nola but now i've got now i've got like an investment in austin nola um going forward
0: Uh, did you get any fun stories from that family reunion like was there anything any juicy gossip to report
1: I haven't actually caught up on this yet. I have to get in touch with my grandfather because, like, all of this has been secondhand. Like, it's been people being like, oh, your grandfather is really obsessed with Aaron Nola right now. And I'm like, he's not related. You need to tell him he's not related. Like, why are we, like, (laughs) letting him do this whole thing? And, like, I actually, um, my boyfriend and I are trying to go to all of the ballparks and, like, we did Philadelphia last year. And my grandfather found out that we were in Philadelphia and kept texting me, like, are you going to see Aaron Nola? And I was like, no, he's not pitching. Like, so it was like a whole thing. Um, but like, I haven't actually caught up with him yet about like what happened. I guess Aaron Nola wasn't actually at this family reunion, but his parents were. I don't know. There's like a whole Nola clan that apparently lives in Louisiana, which is where the brothers are from. So, Yeah
0: wow jiva's grandpa come on the lookout landing podcast to talk about the nola family reunion that's that's gonna be my new goal for the 2020 season (laughs) does your grandpa know how podcasts work would he be interested in uh in listening to this or would he know how to access it
1: (laughs) great question i have no idea um he can barely use facebook but
0: cool Cool, cool. All right, so I want to end with this. This is kind of how I've been tying a bow on a lot of these conversations. Um, it's a pretty basic, straightforward question. I just want to know like, where you're at with the team right now. What is your plan, I guess, your approach, your consumption strategy for the 2020 Seattle Mariners? How invested are you planning to be?
1: I like i said i'm just an endless optimist um i think the team is so much fun even when they're losing um and like i said i'm very excited they're going to be at city field this year so i'm going to be seeing twice as many mariners games as normal which is very exciting um so i mean i will be at every game even if that like is going to mean them losing every game like i just love it so much um love the team so much and um i'm gonna keep showing up
0: that's so brave i've never done the every game of a series thing in person i don't know like after a while i mean if they win every game obviously that's ideal but i feel like if i saw the first two games and they were both losses i would be very hesitant to return for the third game have you had that have you been there for a full sweep before
1: um, I don't know. I think they lost three of the four games they played against the Yankees when I saw them last time. And it's really funny you say that because my thinking, like I said, being a superstitious person, was like, oh, clearly I am a curse and blight on the team and shouldn't be going to these games because when I don't go to the games, they win some of them. I don't know. That was the logic at the, that period of time. So I, I just assume it's like me personally affecting it.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Do you have a favorite player on the, on this year's squad?
1: Um, I'm a huge fan of Kikuchi. Um, I actually, my boyfriend and I went to the Mariners opening game in Japan. It was kind of like an excuse to go to Japan, but also we like went there for the opening season and like my like white whale that I spent like forever looking around Tokyo for was I wanted to get a Kikuchi like, um, Cebu Lions jersey like from when he was playing in Japan um, and I ended up getting one and I'm so excited about it. It's my prized possession um, so he's like one of my f- favorite players on the team wow.
0: Hell yeah that's awesome I, I cannot claim to know a lot about the Cebu Lions. Can you paint a picture for our listeners? What does what their jersey look like? Is it better or worse than the Mariners jersey aesthetically?
1: See, I love their, our teal so much. It's dark blue. They do, like, navies. Um, okay. Yeah, it's not not as flashy as ours. At least the one I got wasn't.
0: That's fine. I'm going to decide now that Kikuchi chose the Mariners because of the color teal, and that's going to be canon from now on. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Jiva. This is now the point of the show where you get to talk about yourself. If you want to plug your social media, any of your work, direct the people to places where they can find you on the internet.
1: Yeah. So the best place to find me is on Twitter, where I am J E E underscore V U H. It's my name spelled phonically, Jiva um and if you're in new york and want to go to one of these mariners games with me you should at me on twitter um because i would love to not be there by myself keeping score um and you can read me at theweek.com
0: perfect all right jiva is inviting strangers uh, to social gatherings we love that uh we at lookout landing encourage everyone who's If baseball is your thing, it's much better to do it with other people. So we can definitely get on board with that. And I'm sure we have a couple listeners out East who will, uh, who will do that with you. So thank you for opening your heart to them.
1: Yeah. I mean, please don't be a serial killer, but yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. Despite my earlier Ted Bundy endorsement, we are an anti serial killer podcast. I want to make that as clear as possible. Um, If you are a serial killer, please turn this off and turn yourself into the local authorities. Uh, my name is Matthew Robertson. Thank you as always for listening, everyone. You can find me on Twitter at mrobertson 22 I would love it if you subscribed to this podcast and rated it on iTunes and all that. Uh, keep reading Lookout Landing. I'm sure that's already part of your daily routine if you're listening to this podcast. But uh, we have a lot of fun stuff coming out. Uh, we've been counting down, or I guess not counting down, but just highlighting all 40 players on the current 40-man roster. Uh, the Mariners signed a guy from the Padres recently, so we have stories on that. And you can familiarize yourself with this weird-ass roster before they take it down to spring training. Um, have you ever been to spring training, Jeeva?
1: I go to spring training every year. My mom lives in Phoenix, so is oh, wow. not that far. Yeah. Yeah, I should have said I travel a lot to see the Mariners. I just don't see them in Seattle.
0: Well, look at that. Are you going to be there this year? Be there this
1: year? Yeah, I am. I'm going in March, early March.
0: Cool. All right. Well, there you go, everyone. Look for uh, the woman in a teal Mariners jersey with the Trident hat and keeping score by herself while making fun of her A's fan boyfriend. That's what I'm guessing is going to happen.
1: Accurate description (laughs) of me.
0: (laughs) <laughs> Until I talk to you again, goodbye.
1: They made a statue of us and they put it on a mountaintop. Now tourists come and stare at us, blow bubbles with their gum.